Welcome to another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Brad Askew. Brad's a serious Eddie Murray collector, and we're talking about baseball Eddie Murray, not Eddie Murray kicker in, in the NFL a long time ago. So uh, Eddie Murray, fabulous, uh, powerful uh, switch hitter, uh, Hall of Famer. Before we get to Brad, before we get to Eddie Murray, thanks to our sponsors, Top Spinini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Huggins and Scott. Bill Huggins, you may get a shout-out in this episode, so be ready. Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, GOMC.com, lots of Eddie Murray cards there, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and Beckett Marketplace, tons of Eddie Murray cards there as well. So uh, welcome, Brad. We had a visit uh, before, but this is an episode dedicated just to Eddie Murray, and I know Eddie has a lot of fans. Uh, would you say you are his in his top ten, top two, top hundred? I mean, where where is your adulation for um, Eddie Murray's stop and start? Oh, I think my wife would say argue that guy. He's got I've got to be his number one fan because okay. I'm pretty crazy okay. from that standpoint. I, I don't know if I am. I, I know many other uh, Murray collectors as well. We're all great guys and good friends, but I, I'm definitely among the top five. I got to say, I'm, I'm guessing. So well, uh, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed collecting his cards now. Okay, when you, the, years. when you say you're in the top five, I think some listeners that are not tuned into the hobby don't always realize that when you say you're in the top five, you probably know who the other four are. No, I know a lot of them. That's exactly and, right. And because it's a it's it's a big world, but it's a small world. That's exactly and, right. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned before in your podcast that sometimes collecting can be a, a solitary thing. You know, it's just you mm-hmm. focused on what you want and what you're looking for, but you know, over the years, I've definitely developed a friendship and a rapport with a lot of other Murray collectors. We competed and still do, I guess, in one degree or another, compete with each other on eBay for certain items. And as you go back in the day on eBay, you can see the ID of the people you were, you were yeah. competing against. And obviously for privacy reasons, I know they stopped doing that many years ago now, but so I remember, you know, I'm looking at an item, a rare item, and I'm like, oh man, I'm competing against you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, and, and, you know, the the plastic man's bidding on this one, so I'm going to have trouble getting this. I mean, you knew who the serious collectors were, uh, and I've gotten to know all of them by name or many of them by name over the years. Um, Gentlemen like, uh, there's a gentleman named Dwayne Crater, another one named Mark Reed, um, and um, among others, um, a gentleman up in the Washington, D.C. area who um, sold his collection through Huggins and Scott named Nathan Beam, who's a friend of mine as well. Uh, So, I mean, just a lot of, uh, a lot of guys you get to know and Compete against, but develop a rapport and a relationship with also. What, uh, tell me, uh, you mentioned that you had uh, won some lots or bid on some lots that were in the Huggins and Scott catalog a while back. I mean, I, I really enjoy, again, I've got two auction sponsors. They're both great, but Huggins and Scott has uh, really had some interesting way of lotting things. Uh, right. with, uh, they've had some pretty uh, outstanding player collecting kinds of lots that have right. from basic stuff to really tough stuff. And right. I just want to let you know, I don't usually bid on those because, again, my whole goal is to get cards into the hands of the people that will appreciate it more than I will. And I yeah. am not in the top five of Eddie Murray. So <laughs> if I picked up Eddie Murray stuff, it would be right. in the context of some other conglomerate lot that I uh, picked up at Huggins and Scott or perhaps even right. Heritage or, or right. a state sale or something. So a lot of times I'll just right. pick up a group of cards. And Eddie Murray's a keeper, or at least he's That's right. set him aside and has uh, has uh, demand. So I wouldn't bid against you, but I would um, again when there's so, those lots like that. They uh, did you ever get kept up in the wee hours of the night like I have sometimes? Oh, absolutely. But um, the gentleman I mentioned, his name was Nathan Bean. He's a friend of mine who I've gotten to know as a Murray collector through the years. He reached out to me and said, "Hey, by the way, I decided to sell off my collection, lock, stock, and barrel." He had talked to me about buying 
you know, some cards were back in the day, but it said, and I can sell them all off, I think is the way he put it. But And yeah. I said, and I'm like, and I can't do all that at once, I don't think. But, you know, and long story short, he said, hey, I've decided to sell them at Huggins and Scott. And honestly, I wasn't familiar with them at the time, but it became familiar, obviously. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll check them out. And I think they had, over the course of two different auction cycles, I think they had maybe seven different Murray lots that they did of his. And I ended up winning five out of the seven, I think. And, uh, yes, I did those late night, okay, I'm the high bidder. Oh, there's a 30-minute window. Am I going to stay yep. the high bidder? Oh, somebody jumped ahead of me. Now i got to take and go again. And, you know, I, yes, I remember staying up way into the wee hours uh, uh, on at least one of those occasions, just making sure that I did win them. But uh, well, I was pleased with what I got. Yeah. I did very well, well and they did a great job of, of <laughs> displaying, too. I've talked to Bill Huggins about that, and his advice for 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 uh, both you and me is just to put in your max bid. I, mean, I know mm-hmm. he would love that, but the problem is on lots like that, if you right. have two people that are fanatical and they both right. put in these max bids, it, it just goes right up to it immediately because there's a cascade. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think, thanks, Bill, but no thanks. I, I, I might <laughs> sleep worse. I might sleep worse going to sleep thinking, I'd be hoping I didn't win. <laughs> right. Exactly. Perhaps. Yeah. So, uh, but he's yeah. had lots like that for, from, for Jared Cheater, for Michael Jordan. And uh, I generally don't bid on those that are so focused because you're probably going to be bidding against a fanatic, which That's right. you, don't, you don't sound like a fanatic, but if you're a passionate collector, then somebody, That's right. but again, now that there are, uh, you know, not just price guides, but lots of ways to determine value now, you can so, kind of know if you're, I mean, there, there are personal, uh, collector type people, super collectors that are willing to pay over, uh, you pay oh, yeah. more than what it's worth. I don't want to be bid against them, but that's their right. prerogative. Uh, in fact, I want to, I actually want to sell to them. <laughs> that's, right. That's who I'd like to sell to, but. Agreed. And that's, yeah, and that's kind of what I did. I actually spent a lot of time looking at each of those lots before the auctions going, okay, to the best of my knowledge, what am I getting? And yeah. if I bid up to this plus the buyer's premium, et cetera, you know, what am I paying per card for these? bunch of certified autos or whatever. And I was comfortable with the prices I paid and I'm glad to have added them to my collection. So it worked out well, but um, cool. do you have a want list or do you just can't look I, at it and see I don't have one? Well, that's a good point. I've actually just recently over the past few months, actually uh, I subscribed to uh, the Beckett online price guide. I, I've done it before over the years, but finally decided to dig in and really okay. catalog what I have for the longest yeah. time. It was more of a, I think I have that. Let me go check and see if I have that or not, you know, kind of thing. But I'm, I've really gone, uh, made a point of getting in there and I've done most of the Beckett cataloging now. I'm okay, at, good. I'm about 2100. Well, when I finish, I'm probably going to be around 23 or 2400 different cards that are on the price guide that I have. Um, he has about 4300, I believe, uh, is the total number right now. And it's kind of crazy. And it's true. So with a lot of modern player, players, period. And sure, you know this too. You know, he mm-hmm. played from 1977 to mm-hmm. 1997. And during those 21 years, on the price guide, he only has about 950 to 1,000 cards. Yeah. So since he's retired in the last 23-odd right. years, another 3,300 cards have been made, which is pretty staggering when you think about it. Well, some people cut it off. I mean, we were, I was talking to a guy that said, you know, I just collect from here to here, and it's right. generally when the, when the person plays, because it's, it's amazing. If somebody was a great player, they're going to they're gonna still be in sets. So. That's right. Yeah, and that's what has changed. And, and I, I still collect the 2020s that come out, but I think where people were feeling that way. And my greatest passion would be for ones during his playing career, yeah. 77 to 97. And honestly, I really think the, the highlight of production value and the best looking cards of his and when all of the whole, you know, autos and game new stuff started coming out, you know, late nineties or whatever, his first certified auto was in 97, yeah. um, his last year in the majors. And then of course there was a flood of that in 
I really think that early, late 90s, early 2000s range are some of his best-looking cards from a variety of different uh, people. So I really like my ideal would probably be up to about 05 or so, and then 06 okay. on. Yeah, I'll collect him, but it's not as, you know, not as robust, I guess. Um, okay. He went into the Hall of Fame in 2003, and mm-hmm. that was uh, his uh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. And I still think he's kind of an underrated uh, Hall of Famer, uh, even though he was a first ballot or underrated player, but um, he's... Uh, you know, I, my my player collection definitely runs the gamut his whole career beyond. Yeah, he has a. I I, I think he, he does not have a, a fair reputation because by by all accounts he's a really nice guy, but I don't think the the sports writers liked him as much as they liked some other That's guys. That's true. But I've talked yeah. to some people that say he's a a real uh, stand up guy. Absolutely, right? and I agree with you. I, I know. Yeah, he was. He can often be you know, indifferent with the media or, yeah, or yeah. I've heard even rude with the media and, and didn't give a lot of interviews. And, and yeah. I know all of that's true, but you're right in that, you know, I've heard enough over the years of people, you know, first of all, people like Jim Palmer and others saying yeah. he was a great teammate. He's the best yeah. teammate I ever had. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he also, um, along those lines, it's something that I tell people a lot when it comes to Murray, the night Ripken, uh, broke the Gehrig record, you know, for consecutive games with yeah. when he went to 21, 31, Ripken in his post-game speech thanked four people specifically, you know, that night. And they were, those four people were his mom, his dad, his wife, and Eddie Murray. So I, I feel pretty good about, you know, what his thoughts about what Murray meant for his career. And you know, he right. made a comment that, you know, Eddie, when I came to the majors, Eddie was there to show me the way, yeah, show yeah. me how important it was to be in the lineup every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, Murray didn't play in 2,000 straight games, but. He played in, you know, yeah. you know, 1980 out of those 2,000 games or whatever. Not bad, not bad. And, uh, and uh, so that's, you know, that, that leads me to believe that, yeah, he's he's very well respected within the game by his teammates. He's also done a ton of charitable work over the years, right. and I know that he was always pretty private with that, but yeah, I've read enough over the years. Right. Uh, actually, when he signed his big contract in 1985, he became the highest paid player in the game at that point. Uh, I think he was making like $2.5 million or something per year, mm-hmm. which now is peanuts compared to mm-hmm. other big failures. But uh, he was, I remember when he signed his contract, he gave a half a million dollars uh, to the, create a foundation in the name of his mother. And that helped develop a big parts and recreation uh, development there in the Baltimore area that still, you know, is a park and does summer programs for underprivileged kids and all kinds of things like that. Uh, he was also nominated for your favorite, the Roberto Comini Award, I believe. Right, right. He, yeah. he never won it, but he was nominated for it many a time. Honored to be nominated, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. in that regard, no doubt about it. And, um, I remember specifically as well when he went to the Hall of Fame in 2003. Um, I, I went up there for a ceremony. I'd always told her, even when we were dating, when he goes in the Hall of Fame, I'm going to that. <laughs> so we were there uh, along with uh, one of my fellow collectors, a gentleman named uh, Dwayne Crater, another Murray collector. He and his yeah. four of us had a wonderful weekend up there together that time and saw the induction. But that weekend, he also brought, Murray brought, I forget how many, but it was several dozen underprivileged kids from the Baltimore area. He brought them to the Hall of Fame. To be a part of, I assume they're probably tied to the to the uh, camp like his mom was a part of. But right. so all of that, you know, just makes me realize that yeah, he was he's not a media darling. He's not, uh, you know, he's he, you know hasn't been always portrayed in that way, and and maybe rightly so. But I know that you know there's been enough good things said about him over the years that all in all, he's he's been a pretty good guy, as well okay. as great player. Uh, one uh, two part question for you because we're we're yeah. almost out of time. Number sure. one, uh, you mentioned '77. Uh, you know his. Look, his top ranking card seventy eight. What do you have from seventy seven? That's one part. The other part yes. is, do you get into memorabilia very much? Because right. I'm mainly a card guy. I've got some memorabilia, but to what extent right. does your A. Murray collection include not not you know uh, 
swatches and relics, but right. actual other uh, three-dimensional memorabilia stuff. Absolutely. I do have some of that. I do not have any game used of him. I, I haven't gone to that extent as far as buying something, but I do have, uh, I've got an autographed uh, Cleveland Indians batting helmet of his. I've got mm-hmm. an autographed ball. I've got an autographed Orioles cap. I've got, uh, oh, I've got, you know, some of the figurines, like the Salvino autographed figurine. I've got, you know, stuff like that. So I do have a lot of memorabilia that's signed by him. Uh, you know, framed portraits and stuff like that are framed uh, pieces uh, I have of him autographed as well. So I do have a good bit of memorabilia of him. And, you know, one day probably, you know, may look to get more or do something with gang use. That, that is something I would work to do. Um, so, and as far as your first part of the question, 77. Um, I got a little bit of stuff. I know I've got, uh, I think the team first issue? album, uh, and the other team issue from 77, yeah. which is the photo album. And I believe yeah. that's the number one item on the Beckett OPG. Right. right. Uh, I, I have that. I've got all of those. I've got all of his, um, team postcards as well, which yep. they're oversized. And like you said, in many yeah. podcasts, are not as collectible for the general public, but I, I like those as well. Uh, so I do have a lot of his team postcards. I've got a 77 photo album. Um, let's see. It seems like I've got at least something else from 77. I'm trying to recall. I do have, of course, his, his rookie, other rookies, the, uh, the hostess and the Kellogg, which are from 78 that are, I think are pretty cool as well. Right. The, uh, the one thing that amazes me about, um, about the rookie is, as you know, the, the grading in the hobby has just gotten yeah. so amazing. And but that's even before there was grading. It was yeah. a digit sensitive card with the Absolutely. That's exactly right. Up, so. And this recent, I recently saw on eBay, and, and no, I did not buy a gem, nor did I bid on it. Uh, but I, and my mom, my wife would be relieved to know that that I did not bid on it. A, I recently saw a 1978 PSA 10 of the Murray rookie sell for sixteen thousand one hundred dollars, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, I, I would love mm-hmm. to own it, but I just can't justify spending that much money on a 1978 top. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I've got eights and a, you know, a, a, an off-center nine, but I don't have. Very respectable. Very respectable. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I'd want it that badly either. But uh, right. last party shot, just so I can get something in that that maybe you don't have. But uh, at one point, and I don't have many more because I traded them. But I had, you know, I think Eddie won uh, some uh, gold gloves. Mm-hmm. Yes, he won. But, he won three but, actually. And so I'm sure, and I'm sure he was the best hitter uh, on his high school team. But he was not the best fielder on his high school no. team, and, and I had <clears throat> shoes, the rookie shoes of his high school teammate, who happened to be pretty good. Uh, Ozzie Smith. That's exactly right. Yeah, Lock. What do you, do you think? Lock High School was pretty good back then. They had Murray and Ozzie in the lineup. That's pretty good. Well, they they they, they would. Yeah, that, I think that would be pretty amazing. That'd be worth uh, worth uh, going back in time and watching that. So anyway, I think thank, you, thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed. Thanks for, uh, uh, and thanks listeners. Uh, thanks, Brad. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. Hope you enjoyed the Eddie Murray. I certainly did. And I'll know not to bid on Eddie Murray in the future. So thanks, Brad. Thanks listeners. Be back tomorrow. The man in the house.